This is PhotoBizX episode number 365, and today we're talking boudoir photography with one of the best in the business. This photographer is on track for a 2020 revenue of $600,000. I'm talking about Jen Bruno-Smith, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast coming out to you a day later than usual because we just had a long weekend in Australia, which was fantastic. Who doesn't love a long weekend? And for me, it was filled with plenty of cycling and lots and lots of family time. I had my younger brother, my youngest brother, his fiance and their little two-year-old son, Yarrow, up for the weekend. And uh, yeah, it was really, really great to see them. I hope you had a great time over the weekend as well, wherever you are listening from. As far as me and my work week is concerned, well, before that, I've also been following along with what's been going in the US. I'm sure you have as well. And I guess really this is happening all around the world now. It's hard to get an accurate view of what's happening via the news, certainly here in Australia. But I've been following along on Twitter. I'm gobsmacked. I'm in shock. I mean, I knew that racism existed and it exists around the world. But uh, to, to see it and understand that it exists to the extent that it does in the U.S. has me uh, shocked. Yeah, I, I don't, maybe, maybe I've been living a sheltered life or we are down here in Australia because I just don't feel I've been exposed to that kind of, uh, well, I don't feel I've been exposed to racism to the extent that I'm seeing and hearing about in the U.S. I truly hope things improve and improve soon for you if you're based in the US or you've ever been exposed to or experienced racism. Uh, I, I can't imagine what that would be like. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of you and I'm sure other listeners to the podcast are as well. We're following along and, and really do hope things get better. I said this, I think, in last week's episode. I'm not going to dwell on this on the Photo Biz X podcast because I just don't know enough about it. And to me, it, it feels like I'm just jumping on a bandwagon if I sit here and, and preach about something I've never really had to deal with. But understand, I am <laughs> I'm totally against racism, any form of racism. And I think for anyone, particularly photographers who, who love to travel, who love to experience the world and, and other races and nationalities, I don't understand how you can be racist. I just I just don't understand that at all. Again, I don't want to dwell on this on the Photo BizX podcast, but my thoughts are with you if you're having to deal with this in the US or any part of the world right now. Well, it's hard just to, to go on after talking about something like that, isn't it, and um, get into the business side of things. But that's what I'm going to focus on with the podcast because that's that's what I know and understand and... Yeah, Let, let's get into let's get into the podcast. I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you, and I know you're going to get a ton from what Jen has to share. As far as me and my week is concerned regarding business, I've been working with another fantastic group of photographers and creatives in the Daily Vlog Challenge. We're in week two now. We're into the business focused videos, and uh, yeah, I'm seeing some massive improvements there. So we're having fun inside the group there. And don't forget, if you want to get on the wait list for the next challenge, which will kick off, I believe, on the 29th of June, 2020, head over to dailyvlogchallenge.com. You can get on the wait list and I'll keep you updated for when registrations open for that one. The other big thing I've been working on, and you'll know all about this if you have previously done the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnels course, I previously delivered the course live twice <laughs> and it was pretty full on. Since then, what I've been doing and working on is rebuilding the course, version three of the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnels course and breaking it down into bite-sized chunks and creating the, the course content on the PhotoBizX website. For anyone that's done the course in the past, they have automatic access to the new version. If you are interested in creating 
an evergreen Facebook ad funnel whereby you create ads to introduce yourself to your target audience via Facebook ads. And this is ads for traffic. It could be a Bernie style ad. It could be a Samantha Grant style ad. And it could be via video content that you share via Facebook ads. Once you create these top of the funnel ads, what we do is present those ads to a wide range of audiences looking for the best performing audience for your ads. Once we zero in on the right audience for you, your audience, the audience that connects with the content that you're sharing, we go all in on that audience. Then what we do is create a series of video ads that goes out solely to that audience. I'm talking about four or five ads. We find our best performing video ad to that audience. And now we have two separate ads going to our top of the funnel audience. From there, anytime someone interacts with our videos, our content, our website, our lead magnet, we go on to serve them a series of follow-up ads, retargeting ads at the bottom of our funnel. This is what we're creating inside this Facebook ads course. So this is all easily laid out in simple to follow bite-sized video training sessions. And not only do I cover the theory behind this funnel and creating your own funnel, you get to look over my shoulder as I build out a funnel of my own for my business. So you're seeing exactly what I'm doing, the ads I'm using, the videos I'm creating, the steps I'm taking inside the Facebook ads manager to build out my funnel. You get to do exactly the same while you're looking over my shoulder while I build out my funnel to my audience. So if that sounds interesting to you and you want to check out more, head over to photobizx.com forward slash funnel and you can learn more about the course and register if you want to get a better understanding of how to build your very own Facebook ad funnel and become the go-to photographer in your local area, the photographer that's recognized as the local expert. And if you're wondering if this actually works, here's what Elle Goss published in the group for course participants. Elle has a newborn photography business in Melbourne, Australia. She says, hey guys, just thought I would update you on how I'm going in case you need some motivation to get started. Last Monday, I posted my copy ad to seven audiences to test as per the course. On Friday, I narrowed it down to three best performing audiences. The results were $120 spent, 16 inquiries, four bookings. I took $855 in booking fees so far. Five inquiries I had to turn away as they were looking for June sessions, and I'm still following up with seven more inquiries. The course is easy to follow and pretty safe to say it's working well so far. With my average sale of just under $2,000, the return on investment is looking good. Thank you, Andrew. So that's from El Goss from Always Bell Photography in Melbourne, Australia. If you want to put into practice exactly the same kind of strategy that Elle is using for her business, come and join us in the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnels course. photobizx.com forward slash funnel. And now, a macro look at our last episode. In last week's episode, I interviewed Umberto Garcia. He is a wealth of information when it comes to Google AdWord campaigns, Facebook ad strategies for photographers, and the go-to guy if you're looking to employ an agency to do all your advertising for you. If you haven't heard that interview with Umberto, get back and have a listen because he shares so much great stuff on setting up your own Google AdWords campaign and how to market successfully as a photographer using social media today. In fact, it was Umberto that said and insisted I had to get Jen Bruno-Smith on the podcast, who you'll hear today, and you'll also hear Jen referring to Umberto, who does all her marketing or all the marketing for her business when it comes to social media strategies. So yeah, the two interviews go hand in hand. Make sure you get back and have a listen to Umberto if you haven't heard that one. Photo Biz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Jen Bruno-Smith in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. So I just want you to be aware I am saving a chunk of the second half of this interview for premium members only. It's in that chunk of the interview where we dive deep into a couple of strategies 
that Jen is using to bring in so many clients into her boudoir photography business. One is how she books clients through bridal expos for her boudoir photography business. And the other one is focused on flash sales. We cover both for premium members only. So you're going to get a ton from what Jen shares in the first half of this interview. But if you'd like to hear the full interview, you can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership if you head to photobizx.com forward slash try. photobizx.com forward slash try. Grab a $1 trial membership. It lasts for 30 days so you can have a good look around the membership. But more importantly, you can hear the full interview today with Jen. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a full-time boudoir photographer located in Middletown, Delaware. Before photography, she was working in healthcare, paying off student loan debts as a speech pathologist. Since then, she's been shooting boudoir exclusively for five years and teaching marketing and business to the photography industry for the past two as part of the High Rollers Club, which covers in-person sales, business, and marketing for boudoir photographers. And to give you a snapshot of how successful she is, she grossed $35,000 in her first year as a photographer. The next year, she brought in $80,000. In 2017, she made $280,000, and that's when she quit her day job. She was shooting boudoir at 39 weeks of her pregnancy in 2019 and closed out the year at 525000 And this year, she's trending towards $600,000. Just amazing. She also has three kids, a husband, and she sounds like an energized Wonder Woman. I'm talking about Jen Bruno-Smith, and I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Jen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. And what do you put down, or what do you, I guess, credit your success to? Wow, that's a great question. I actually would credit to hard work, not a lot of hard work and a very supportive husband. (laughs) So give me an idea of a normal week for you. I mean, how many hours do you spend in the business? You know, I actually work really hard. I, I always tell my students that if you're looking into a course or a class that tells you it's easy, then you need to run the other way because it is not easy. I think every successful entrepreneur will tell you that it requires a lot of work and a lot of time. And yeah, I mean, you got to put the hours in. And I mean, a regular work day for me, the great thing about being your own boss is sometimes I can have shorter days, but most of the time I probably work 10 to 14 hours a day, I would say. Wow. Okay. So they are big days. And you've got kids and a husband, like I said. And I understand, I mean, there's two parts to your business, isn't there? There's the boudoir photography plus the high rollers club. Is that how it works? Yeah, you got it. Yep. They're definitely separate, but they both require a lot of time. Right. So which one is bringing in more income? Oh, my studio. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay. And then in regards to how hard you're working, I mean, this year you're trending towards $600,000. Yeah. Are you working harder this year than, you know, two or three years ago? No, I would say that I'm working about the same. It's funny, as your business practices become more stabilized and more systematic, that part of the workload goes down and it's almost like the scale shifts so that you can shoot more, right? And take on more clients because the systematic portion of it or the things that should be automated are. So those things are taken care of. So I've been able to shoot more. But the past two years... I've shot about 135 to 145 clients the last two years. This year, I have 135 clients already on my books for the year. So I would consider myself fully booked for 2020. Unreal. Okay, so if you're working the same, I guess you are shooting a little bit more than what you were. Yeah. I'm guessing the sales have gone up? Yeah, so my average has gone up by about 1,000 every year. 2019, I ended the year at 4,084 as my sales average. 2018 was about 3,100. 2017 was about 2,200. So I've gone up by 1,000 almost every year. I feel like my sales average will probably plateau around 41 to 4,300. Currently, my sales average is 4,200. And some change. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> does that sound normal to you now or does it still feel amazing that the average client you're shooting is spending $4,000? Yeah, 
Do you know what's funny is, so when I first started, when I first started getting these high sales, I would call my husband and I would be like, hey, you want to play our favorite game? And it would be like a guessing game for him to guess what the sale is. And, you know, today I had a $5,400 sale from someone that lives in Utah and we did it over Zoom. And I walked out of the room and I was like, what's for dinner? Like, it's just so, it's it's an everyday thing now. So it's not as... Uh, I don't want to say it's exciting because I'm always humbled and thrilled that clients value my work that much, but it's not as novel anymore because it happens so frequently. That is so good. I mean, you are blowing the listener away right now. Like (laughs) we are on the edges of our seat wondering like how you're doing this. So can you talk us through the Zoom sale that you went through today with this client? How does that work? So you've done the shoot, I'm guessing a week or two ago, and you have a prearranged Zoom meeting. Yeah, that's exactly. So I actually shot her in Vegas. I was in Vegas for WPPI. And whenever I go, when I have to go somewhere for work or I want to go somewhere, I will try to book clients. And because I shoot so much, this client was actually a referral from someone that lives in Delaware, where I live, where I'm based out of. And she booked me and she drove like the two hours to get to Vegas. I shot her there. So that was about uh, it was February 26th or so. So maybe, I guess, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then I actually run my Zoom, like my online sales sessions, the same as I would if a client was in my ordering room, except I'm fumbling a little bit more with the large albums. <laughs> but everything else is the same. And it, it works well when you have a system in place and your shooting is locked down and you have a system and a pricing menu that doesn't have holes in it. When all the pieces of the puzzle work together, it works. It comes together. And no matter if you're online doing a sales session or if you're in person. Right. So, you, I mean, you said when you have everything, you know, down pat, everything's all the ducks are in a row. Yeah. But you're shooting in Vegas away from home. So where are you photographing? Yeah. So it's a great question. And I did have some, you know, difficulties that I wouldn't necessarily have in my studio. So not difficulties, but I would say challenges. So when I go to locations like Vegas, I go every year, right, for WPPI. And I rent the same suite every single time I'm there. So that takes away a variable, right? Because when you're shooting in a new place, you don't know where your sets are going to be. You don't know where your light's going to be. So I rent the same suite every time I'm there. And then that's already taken care of. I don't have to worry about all those extra variables. I can just worry about doing what I need to do, which is posing the client and doing a really good job. And so I make sure that I rent the same location or a similar location. So I have my shooting flow down. And, you know, the other challenge, I guess, for me mostly is the light because a lot of windows and suites in Vegas have those tinted windows, right? So my white balance is a little, I'd have to pay a little bit more attention to that than I would if I was shooting in my studio at home, which has really nice white, clean light. But I know it's going to be there. I'm expecting it. And my retoucher is amazing. And, you know, she is able to work through that as well. Nice. So I take it you're shooting mostly or all natural light, no strobes? Yeah, so I shoot natural light, ambient light, but then I also use a speed light for fill and I point it towards the ceiling and yeah, and I use that. Now, In for instance, for my shoot that I just did in Vegas, I did not use my speed light because there were a lot of reflective surfaces and a lot of, uh, like my walls are all white. So if it light bounces off of the wall, I'm still getting really nice clean fill But in the suite that I shoot in in Vegas, the walls are like maroon and wood green (laughs) and and tinted blue. So I can't really use even the ceiling is like, you know, it's not that clean white light. So, you know, it just takes a little bit more thinking on my part. Whereas when I'm at home in my studio, I don't really have to think a lot anymore about my settings or where what I'm doing technically because I do it so much here. Sure. I want to stay on track with this one particular client so we can use her as an example, but I want to know, is she a photographer herself? She actually is. Yeah. 
Okay, that concerns me a little bit. Are most of your clients other photographers? No. Okay. No, they aren't. This was just like an outlier. I've probably shot maybe about three to four other photographers in the last two years. Okay, that's great. All right, because my worry was, because I know that when I interview some successful photographers, a lot of their clients are other photographers, particularly during the live shooters. And then it makes it harder for the listener then to go and implement these things into their business because they don't have that reputation yet like you do. Absolutely. So let's stay with this particular client. So you have a prearranged Zoom meeting. I'm guessing you're using just your webcam, are you, on a Mac or something? Yeah, so I have an iMac that I use, but also a laptop. But I go in my office because all of my like supplies are there. I have tons of album samples and canvases and medals and things like that. So that way they're all within arm's reach. And my natural progression as I'm going through a sales session, I show albums in a certain order and I show wall art in a certain order. So it's easier just to do it in there so that everything's already there. Right. So you're obviously using video. Are you doing anything special for sound? Are you dressed up? Is the makeup done? Like, <laughs> no. give me an idea of the setting. <laughs> no, I've actually, um, yeah, no, I had on yoga pants and a t-shirt for this Zoom session. And I don't actually dress up a lot for my ordering appointments. I know a lot of photographers that do, but I like to be pretty chill and you know, pretty laid back. And I think that my clients actually appreciate that because they're usually, even though they know my work well and they follow me, no matter what, every client comes in and they're like, I'm so nervous. I, there's no way I'm going to look like your clients do, you know, your other clients. And I think because I'm so dressed down and I'm so relaxed, I think it helps them be a little bit more relaxed as well. Cool. I like that. Okay, so do you share your screen? Because I'm curious, like, are you using some software then to show a slideshow first or did you jump straight into showing individual images? Yeah. So when I'm doing my online sales sessions, I use Zoom, which is actually what we're using now. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, so I use Zoom and I'm able to share my screen. I always start with a slideshow and I use Animoto. I love Animoto. I've been using it for years, years and years. I use the same song. I use the same, sometimes the same poses for every client. There's a formula to slideshows and uh, the formula works that I teach. And so I do the same thing for every slideshow because it works. Why change something that works? I agree. I agree. So you're sharing a screen, you go through the slideshow, and then do you jump into something like ProSelect for the actual sales? You got it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what I use, ProSelect Pro. And I have all the images loaded up. And we go through them one by one, moving them into yes and no columns. I don't allow them to have a maybe column. Right. And then what happens? Give me an idea of how many images a client might generally see and what they narrow it down to. Sure. So I send out for retouching between 65 to 80 images, and then I convert most of them to black and white also. So it ends up being uh, maybe like 122 160 so that they might see, but I don't convert images to black and white where the client is looking towards the camera. I just don't like the whites of the eyes in black and white. It's just a creative choice, but so they see most of them in black and white also. Right. And then you're going through, you know, one at a time, they're saying yes or no. Are you aiming to have a certain number in the yes pile? Yeah. So the collection that most of my clients get is a $4,000 collection and that comes with 40 images. So usually once they get to like, you know, 40 or like 50 ish, I really start trying to close the sale a little bit harder, I guess. But, you know, I'm not pushy. I'm not selling to them. The images sell themselves. I don't have to sell, but I guide them. Right so curious about this process because so have they already seen the packages or the collections have they decided on the four thousand dollar collection before they look at the images yeah so i actually send out my investment menu after the shoot so my clients book me without seeing my full investment menu they don't actually see it until right after their shoot i send it out and i do a lot of education with them about you know waiting to see their images before making a decision about what they're going to purchase because, you know, it's kind of like driving a, buying a car you've never driven. It's hard to 
buy a car if you've never been in it before. So it's important that you see your images and you love them. So you know exactly what you're buying. And so a lot of them will come in thinking they're going to get one thing, but 95% of the time they buy more than what they're initially thinking they're going to buy. I love that. So you get down to around 40, 45, 50 images. Mm -hmm. Is that when you go back to the investment menu and start talking about collections? So no, I actually have them call them the first time. So often, I mean, very rarely do they say no to images. Like they might have all of them or maybe, you know, say I retouched, let's just say I retouched 80. They might have 75 or 60 or 65 in there. Yes. Right. So after we call them through the first time where they have this large grouping, then I go through the investment menu. I show them all the albums, talk about the collections. And then after I do that, I don't ask them to commit to anything. I just say, Hey, do you have any questions? If not, we'll go back to your images and we'll go through them as many times as you want, because I don't want them to commit to anything. Now they haven't made their purchasing decisions yet. So I'm very cautious about still I'm guiding them. I'm asking them if they have any questions and If they don't, then we go back to their images and then I go through them in small sets of eight and ask them if there's any that they want to pull out. And then I put them into a maybe column so that we can go back and find them easier if we need to later. Got it. Well, just let me ask you, so when you're jumping out of the slideshow and you're having a chat to them and going over the investment menu again, do you actually change Zoom? You stop sharing a screen and go back to camera? Yes. So when I'm doing this online, I'll go back to the camera. I'll actually have them pull up the investment menu on their phone or on their, like on their computer so that they can just see me large screen as I'm showing them products. And if they're in person, of course, it's really easy. I'm just, I'm actually projecting it onto a television so they can see the investment menu while I'm going through products. Okay. Got it. So using the iMac to go through the images, you've got the investments on the TV and you've got the products in your hand if it's in person, but otherwise it's all on Zoom. You got it. Yep. Right. So if they've got no questions and they go back to the images, your groups of eight, when do you close the sale? When do they say, Jen, I want all these? Yeah. So, you know, once they start getting down, so let's say they're at like 55, right? If they can add extra images into the collection, into the $5,000 collection, for $100 an image. So say they're at 55, I'll be like, okay, so you know, you're the closest to Vixen. You can add extra images into your collection for $100 an image. It's like you're at about $500 over the Vixen. And then I don't say anything. And they'll either be like, okay, I can't take any more out or let's go back to the images. I think too often a mistake that I see a lot of photographers make is helping their client talk them out of a sale, right? Talking their client out of a sale. You don't want to do that. You know, you want to let them come to their own conclusions and I'll certainly guide them and help them, but I'm not going to talk them out mm-hmm. of a sale. Love it. Love it. So they say, Jen, we love it. I'm not taking any more out. Is it then, okay, how do you want to pay for that? Is that the next step? Yeah. So if they're like, I can't take any more out, I'd be like, awesome. So now comes the easy part. Let's figure out all of your album choices. And I do that because I'm still upselling them even after that point. So say they decide, um, so we'll just go with my average. Say they decide with the $4,000 collection. Then I start going through the album choices and my luxury album vendor is Floor Color, who I love. I have a very close relationship with. They have incredible products. They have great customer service and their products are really a game changer for me. And when I started bringing on Floricolor products back in 2017 is when I really started noticing my sales jumping because it's a game changer. You see a Floricolor album versus another album. It's an easy choice. So I go through the sizes with them and then I start talking about upgrades and there, you know, there are some upgrades the upgrades I offer are an acrylic cover on the album, gilding on the pages, and then also the actual page, like the material of the page in the album. And so I'm still trying to upsell them through that. And then I also will work through wall art with them and try to upsell them more. 
with the wall art. I love it. I love the process. So really for your average package, the $4,000 package, that just includes an album or does it include wall art as well? Yeah. So my $4,000 collection comes with the 40 digital files, high resolution files, the color and the black and white, except images where they're looking towards the camera. Those are only in color. It comes with the floor color boudoir collection and a print credit that they can use towards wall art or towards a smartphone app. And so that print credit, my print menu is priced in a way that it's very hard to meet that print credit exactly. (laughs) So usually (laughs) I could upsell them through wall art because I know what collections of images in certain sizes look good together and also equal to an amount over the print credit that's in my collections. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Right. (laughs) So this is why your averages are where they are. This is fantastic. What are you using for your app, your phone app? Yeah. So I use sticky albums. I love sticky albums. I work very closely with them. They're amazing. Again, great customer service. I've been using them for probably about five or six years. The great thing about the apps, about sticky albums specifically, is say, you know, worst case scenario, something happens to me, nothing happens to the apps. They stay, right? Right. And I like that. I like that a lot that it's not dependent on me if, you know, worst case scenario, right? We're always thinking about worst case scenario (laughs) when we own a business or really when we have children, right? That's really when you're always thinking worst case scenario. True. But I love that. I also like the clean look of the apps as well. I like that. And then do the clients get a copy of the slideshow that you created for them as well? If they buy it. (laughs) (laughs) I should have known. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if they buy it, it's actually one of the things that they can use their print credit towards. And things like the smartphone app and the slideshow, those are great because I have almost zero cost of goods for those things. Sure. Yeah. So you want to sell them. You want people to buy them. Yeah, absolutely. The smartphone app is great. A lot of my clients will choose that. And so I live in Delaware. I'm based out of Delaware and we have Dover Air Force Base right down the road. And I have a lot of military clients and they love the smartphone app because they can send it to their partners. There's nothing, you know, and the partner can take it with them wherever they go. Yeah, I love it. I love it. This is so good, Jen. So when you're working with other photographers, helping them to get to where you are, what are some of the common things that you see that they're maybe not doing wrong, but maybe they could be doing better? Specifically to like in-person sales or so many things. It's what well, I know. Let's say the photographer, they know how to shoot. They're getting great images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they're making $1,000 and you're making four from, let's say, the same images. Like, is it usually just the pricing? Is it the sales yeah. technique? Yeah, so it's a combination. So let's say their work is really solid. Even photographers who have really solid work won't get enough variety in their images, enough to sell. And so like they might only shoot two outfits or they might only shoot two sets. Well, you're not going to get the variety you need because what is the number one thing you hear clients say when they're trying to call down images? I'm going to take away images that look similar, right? Like how often do we hear that? So what you need to do is identify the objections before they have them. And so I'm very smart whenever I'm designing sets, whenever I'm shooting, when I'm posing, I'm not going to retouch two images that look very similar, um, either in focal length or in posing or in styling. It's very important that you have variety in your shoots and that will increase your sales average right there. So that's the first part. And then the second part is having an investment menu and an in-person sale that is strong and systematic and is calm and confident because a lot of photographers, they get jittery, right? Like they aren't confident in their work. They don't think people are going to spend that much money. And, you know, you wouldn't believe how many times I hear people say like, oh, I live in a small town. Like no one's going to buy my stuff for that much money. I legit, I have a cornfield in my backyard. Like I'm not kidding when I say that. I open up my blinds, I'm looking at a cornfield. I have clients that pull into my driveway driving cars that are worth less than what they spend in my studio. 
on a weekly basis, this happens. People have money for what they want to have money for. And it is not our job to assign value to a client's purchases, right? They will assign their own value. And you build the value through the experience, through the work, through the process, and then you guide your clients and they appreciate that. They appreciate the experience. Yeah, I love that. I've got to ask you, I don't get the reference with the cornfields. <laughs> if you have cornfields at your backyard, does that mean there's lower income families around? <laughs> it's very rural. It's a, I'm in a rural town. It's a small town. I do live close to several metro areas. So Philadelphia is about 50 minutes away from me. New York City is maybe like an hour and a half via train. DC is an hour and a half via train. So I'm close to a lot of metro areas, but my state, my town that I live in is pretty, I mean, it's, it's a suburb. So, you know, it's rural. So it's not like I am in New York City, you know, it is rural here. Now I do have clients that travel to me a lot will travel to me. Okay. So for most of your clients, are they traveling to you or are you say going to New York and hiring a suite for the day and shooting that way? No, they travel to me. Oh, they all do. Yeah, absolutely. I do that. I do traveling maybe like for shooting once a year, maybe, which Vegas was my once, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but I'm so busy here. I'm booked out the rest of the year with all clients that are coming to me. So I don't really need to go somewhere else unless I want to. And, you know, I like Vegas. Who doesn't like Vegas? <laughs> what is it then about you and what you do that gets people to travel to you? How are you pulling these women to your studio, you know, an hour, hour and a half away? Yeah, I think, I think there's several factors. And this is also one of the things that I find a lot of photographers doing. So I have very consistent work. I'm very, very consistent. I like to compare this like, so Ruth's Chris is a really good steakhouse here. I don't know. Do you guys have it there? No. no what's it called? Ruth's Chris. Right. It's super yummy. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. So Ruth's Chris, you go there, steaks are like $90, right? Whoa. U.S. Yeah. Whoa. And, but that doesn't include any sides, like our salads, like those are extra. So you can go into Ruth's Chris and spend about $200, $300 for a dinner, right? Which is a lot for like a steak dinner. When you could go to the Outback, you know, like the Outback Steakhouse and spend like $30 for a steak or $20 for a steak. But so when you go to Ruth's Chris, when you go to Ruth's Chris, you are expecting your steak to taste the same every single time. If you're going to spend $90 for a steak, you want that steak to taste really good. You want it to be delivered on a hot plate. You want the service to be excellent because you're going in there expecting that. So one thing that my studio and I do really well is providing a quality experience and consistent work every single time. I know how to shoot dark and moody. I'm okay at it. I'm not that great, but I can do it. But you don't see me showing that because it's not consistent with my studio. So whenever you have lots of different styles and, you know, you don't have a consistent style, you don't have a consistent brand, it's really confusing for prospective clients because they don't know what they're going to get. So it's important that you have that consistent styling and, I guess, you know, that's one thing that I see photographers struggle with a lot is they're trying to find themselves. And I mean, I struggled with that in the beginning too. I think everybody does. Mm. I'm guessing you got into photography because you love photography. So now you have this style, you're shooting in this style daily, certainly weekly. Yeah. Don't you want to experiment? Don't you want to shoot dark and moody? <sighs> I like making money more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Every now and then I'll get a bug and, you know, I'll do something creative. But I'll be honest, it doesn't happen much anymore because this is my job. And I have found other outlets to be creative in. And this is how I feed my family. So what I will do is I'm constantly changing my posing flow. So I'm very systematic in my shooting. And when I say that, I mean, I have the same core poses that I use for most of my clients depending on their body shape and their body type. But then depending on the client, I'll switch it up and I'll change. I'll add in about five or six novel poses every shoot or do something new every shoot. So I still get a little bit of variety. 
I like to teach it to my students when I'm teaching shooting flow. I explain it like this. So my daughter is actually in dance. She's only four. And so it's really cute. They have these little choreographed dances, right? And they have their whole dance choreographed. But then in the middle, they have like three eight counts that they have a dance party and they can do whatever they want for those three eight counts. And they love it. They have fun. That's how your shooting flow should be. You should have a choreographed shooting flow, but then allow yourself a little bit of time, you know, 15 minutes, 10 minutes to do something novel and to kind of, you know, ignite your creativity a little bit. And that way you're getting the best of both worlds. You're still having a very systemized shoot where you know you're shooting poses that are going to sell, but you also have a little bit of creativity in there. And also then if your clients give you permission to show their images, guess what images you show, (laughs) right? The new stuff. So that people aren't really catching on that you're shooting in the same flow with every client. Yes. I love that. That's so good. So good. Thank you. I think I mentioned to you, it might have been just before we started recording, but I interviewed Umberto Garcia last week. Right. And your name came up a couple of times and he said, you have to ask Jen about flash sales and booking boudoir sessions at Bridal Expos. Now, I don't know if we're going to get through both, but if you had to pick one of those, which one do you think photographers will get the most out of? Hmm. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more the best photography business strategies from every guest. So what's the incentive for a woman to join your group? Yeah. So in August, I ran a session giveaway. And so I gave away my $4,000 collection. I gave away an album, 40 digital files. It's a $4,500 value. And so I had massive amounts of people joining the group. Okay, so what do they do? Is it a lead ad or is it some kind of ad or they send you a, you have a link to your group and they've got a request? So that is an Umberto question. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing I've found is I really stay in my lane and I'm 40. So something that I've come to the conclusion as I've gotten older is you can't be good at everything. And instead you focus on what you're really good at and you hire other people to do the things that you're not so good at. Because at this point, it would take me so long to learn how to do Facebook ads that when I could be using my resources and my time to make money or do other things that I'm really good at. So yeah, so Umberto actually runs my Facebook ads for me and he could explain that exactly what he did much better than how I could explain it. Got it, got it. So you hire Humberto and his team. They do your ads. Yep. Do, they, do they look after your website and all your marketing? Yeah. Yeah, well, the digital marketing. So like I still run my Facebook group and Instagram and things like that. But they run my Facebook ads, do my Google AdWords. They built my website. And the great thing is in our mastermind course it actually teaches how to do all the things that he has done for me. So you actually, you see from the start to finish my website build, my Google AdWords build, my Facebook ads, you get the copy, you get step-by-step instructions. So you're seeing exactly how it's done. So is this inside the High Rollers Club? It's actually in our mastermind, which is, it's basically like a master's course. It's my business in a box. It's everything you need to do to build your business from the ground up. Where is that? Where do we find that? Yeah, so thehighrollersclub.io, www.thehighrollersclub.io. And you can apply for a phone call to talk with my team or me. Sometimes I have phone calls too, depending on if I can squeeze out some time. But yeah, students are having massive success, tripling their sales averages, booking out their schedules. I'm, I'm so proud. It's my fourth baby. I'm so proud (laughs) because it's so robust and it's so powerful because you have all of the marketing things that I do paired with all of the digital marketing things that Humberto does. It's very powerful and very robust. And I would venture to say one of the most robust courses in the entire industry. I'm that proud of it. That's awesome. Okay, so I'm still a little bit confused, Jen. I just want to wrap my head around. I know the listener might feel the same way. So you've got the High Rollers Club, which is a group. Yes. But then inside the group, you have a mastermind group or course? 
Yeah. So we have the High Rollers Club, which is a Facebook group. It's a free group. There's a ton of content. Both Umberto and I do free videos all the time in the group. Usually like two to three times a week, there are free mini classes and all those videos are in the group. So you can go in there and watch free videos. And then we have a mastermind course, which is very outlined, very structured, very strategic. And it basically, and that's a paid course and you pay for that. And then we also have an exclusive Facebook group for our students, which is, we have about uh, four or 500 people in that group. And it's very active. It's, it's super active. So it, it's a great community. And one of our students, actually, her dad used to raise horses, breed horses, right? And he used to say you need to surround yourself with thoroughbreds. And that's what the High Rollers Club Mastermind course is. It is a bunch of thoroughbreds. It's photographers that are raising the bar. They're leveling up. They're killing it that are sneaking up towards my sales average. <laughs> <laughs> so are these all boudoir photographers? No, no, not at all. We have family photographers in there, newborn photographers, wedding photographers, boudoir, of course, headshot, glamour. Yeah, it's all types of genres because even though I shoot boudoir, what I do works. It works for all genres. You may have to tweak it a little bit, but you know that's part of running your own business is being an independent thinker and making your own choices and deciding what will work for your business and what won't. And you know, I actually just read Marie Forleo, Everything is Figure Outable. Have you seen it? I've actually downloaded that book, but I haven't read oh, it yet. I love her. I love her. And she talks in her book about one of the most destructive thoughts we can have is I already know that. And instead, you need to think, what can I learn from that? And it's totally, I see that happening in the photography industry because so many photographers will be like, oh, I already know how to do that. I already know that. <laughs> but they're not successful. They're not pulling down $3,000, $4,000 sales. They're barely making 1000 They can't fill their books. Well, obviously, you're not doing it well enough. So, you know, there are things you can learn, even if you've been in the business for years, even if you, you know, feel like you know how to do it. So that destructive thought is, I see that a lot in photographers that are struggling. Yeah. You said the same thing with the creative side of photography. People, they see a great photo and they think I could have done that. Yeah. But they didn't. <laughs> but they did it. They didn't. Exactly. You did it. You're not doing it. You're no, not booked. That's right. You're not making money. You are working a day job. No, you're not doing it. So, yeah. So the course, the mastermind course, how much does that cost? So full price is $5,500 and we offer payment plans and take square installments, things like that. Okay. And then once you're in, is that a lifetime thing or? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And we're constantly adding material and changing things. And it is a living, breathing course, right? I say that I have a background, a clinical background. And so you you always hear like living, breathing documents, like you move them and change them and make them better. And one of the things I'm most proud of is I'm a working photographer. My studio has grossed over half a million dollars two years in a row. This year, I'm trending towards 600. I'm out there doing it in the weeds, learning how to do things. I am my own R&D development, right? I have my own research and development department. And so things that I taught a year ago have changed. I've added material. I've changed material because things change. The industry changes. And, you know, that's one of the best parts about the mastermind, I feel, is that I'm actually running a studio. I'm paying our bills and feeding my family because my studio is successful, not because I'm an educator. Yeah, I love that. And that's that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to talk to you today. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to add links to anything and everything that you've mentioned in the show notes to accompany this audio. But if the listener wanted to learn more or see more of your work and more about you, if you had to share one URL, which one would it be? Yeah, sure. So my handle on Instagram is my studio name, Boudoir by Jennifer Smith. So you can find me on Instagram and there's almost a thousand pictures on there. It's it's a it's a pretty large feed. So you can see my work on there. But definitely follow, join the group on Facebook, the High Rollers Club, uh, business and marketing IPS for photographers. Come join us. I would love to have you. And those are really the two places you can find me. 
Fantastic. I'm going to add links to those and so many more that I found about you and your business, including Facebook, your website and other places. Thank you. Jen, it's been fantastic to talk to you. I'm so glad we got to do this. And um, yeah, just thanks so much for sharing what you have. No, thank you for having me. This has been great. And thank you so much for inviting me on. I really appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jen as much as I did. Jen, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything that you did. You are amazing. You really are amazing. I love the way you've built your business, the way you focus on your clients, the way you do your marketing, your shooting, your selling. You really are an inspiration. So thank you so much again. For you, the listener, I hope you feel the same way I do. I hope you got a ton from what Jen had to share. If you have a follow-up question for Jen, you can hit her up in the comments area at the bottom of the show notes. And this week they are at photobizx.com forward slash 365. The comments area is at the very bottom. And above that, you'll see links to anything and everything that Jen mentioned. Plus, you'll see examples of her beautiful work. It's all there in the show notes. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Jen into our members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to her there just in case you have any follow-up questions or anything you'd like further clarification on that we covered in today's episode. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Don't forget, if you want to get into the next Daily Vlog Challenge, head to dailyvlogchallenge.com. It will change the way you approach video for your business, whether it's for Facebook ads, email replies, video content in your blog posts, on your YouTube channel for SEO, on your website, to build a better connection even faster with your ideal clients. If there's anywhere you want to use video and you've been too afraid to do it, if the idea of video scares you, come and join us in the next daily vlog challenge. You'll love it. It really is good fun. And lastly, if you want more information about the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnel course, oh, that's a mouthful, head to photobizx.com forward slash funnel and I'll teach you and share with you exactly how to set up your very own Facebook ad funnel to get in front of, attract and appeal to your ideal clients and become the go-to photographer in your local area. Alrighty, again, massive thanks to Jen Bruno-Smith for coming on, sharing everything she did and also to Umberto Garcia for putting me in touch with Jen. You guys are both amazing. And for you, the listener, have a fantastic week. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 